Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Uh, I don't know how Pete Buttigieg is going to ensure that the local contractor has enough white workers and black workers and Asian workers and Hispanic workers and gay workers. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's uh, all, all, all the best. All the best in figuring that one out. But when in doubt, throw a little more racism into the mix and... Uh, and hope for the best. No, I'm not getting worked up by Pete Buttigieg. The Secretary of Transportation is the fool we all knew him to be. Weak and shallow and altogether ridiculous. One cannot engage the idea of equity. <laughs> equity, which is all about hate. When saying, well, if 50 people show up for the job and 48 of them are white, what am I supposed to do? not hire them? Am I not supposed to hire? 50 50 jobs, 55 people apply, 48 are white. One would argue that the majority of the hires will be white. Does Buttigieg argue the job should not be filled at all? Because that is an argument from some. That's the equity argument. Better you don't fill the jobs than fill them with the wrong kind of people. Equity in schools is not about raising people up. It's about pushing people down. The people who push equity in schools, they hate kids. No, no, that's that's wrong, Tony. They don't hate kids. Uh, They hate themselves, and they're really willing to utilize children to make their point. They hate in general. If you believe in the idea of equity in schools, you believe that kids should not advance, that kids who have talent should not be able to get ahead. We have to equalize it all out. That's equity. You're a believer in outcomes being equalized. I would consider you to be the enemy. I think you should be fought in the streets by every means necessary if you believe in equity. It's embarrassing already. We've been through this. I don't know why we have to continue with your crazy talk. You're just embarrassing. You should be ashamed of yourself. You are less than, and you want everybody to be dragged down with you. Nah. Also, if we're going to discuss construction, uh, uh, Secretary Buttigieg, Are we going to discuss how many contracts go to minority-owned businesses? I mean, you have whole designations for minority-owned contractors. How many minority-owned contractors get the contract regardless? 
I'm not saying they can't do it. Very often, they sure as heck can. But when you create that designation, you're stating, uh, the government is stating, you better hire the right people. You know what we mean, or else. Doesn't sound very American to me. It sounds rather gross to me. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. 833-468-8669. The argument that comes on the other side is that, well, you need to have these designations because these people weren't getting a shot. They weren't getting a chance. Still? You believe that? Okay. All right. You, You believe that. And you believe that nobody is actually gaming the system and working the system uh, based on race or uh, sex in order to get a financial opportunity. You, you believe that that's not happening. Go on. Enjoy yourself. This is my ever-growing uh, problem with do-goodery. It, it rarely does good. It rarely does good. Nope. Not rarely. It never does good. Do-goodery, which is all this is, never, ever, 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 ever does good. Ever, ever, ever. Meanwhile, it was a weird uh, story. Not that I saw a a story about Donna Brazile over there at ABC talking up Kamala Harris. No, I caught a story that says Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina is going to announce a presidential run. I... Don't know if I believe it. I do not believe that to be the case. I could be proven wrong, and it has nothing to do with whether or not I like Tim Scott. Wall Street Journal, Eliza Collins, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott is taking steps to run for president. Now, This is not that I'm opposed to the idea of a President Tim Scott. I'm down with it. It's that I so put him on the very top of the vice presidential shortlist that I didn't feel he needed to have a presidential run to put himself at the top of that shortlist. Now, you could argue it doesn't hurt him. Let's him get a message out there. Let's him get more uh, name ID, and you never know. You know what? As I sit here and talk to you right now, okay, I can totally go along with that theory. If you had presented me that theory, and I'd be like, there's no way Tim Scott's running for president. And you're like, well, look, he's on the short list, right? Very obviously. And I'd be like, on the short list? Hell, he's the top of the short list. And you're like, yeah, he's the top of the short list. So why not just run and... If you're already at the top of the shortlist, that's not going to change. You're not going to go after other people. You're going to kind of talk about your own things. And, and uh, you know, who knows? All right. All right. You got me. I totally see it. I totally, totally see it. What I don't see is where he can outperform, let's say, um, Ron DeSantis. I, I don't see it right now. But what I have found about Senator Scott is that he is extremely, extremely uh, good at the retail. He, he's, he's rather um, not congenial. I don't know if that's the right word. 
uh, he connects well. He connects very, very well. He's got a great uh, personal story, and he isn't going to have an issue describing his differences, let's say, with Trump. He's not going to have those issues, and it would be weird if Trump went after him. It'd be like super odd. It would people would look at it askew. Um, he's going to be able to tell great stories about wanting to do th- things regarding policing and Democrats keeping it from happening. He has so- a-, a solid story to bring, and of course, I do put him in the pantheon of potential presidents going forward. I just didn't have it as right now. I didn't have it as right now coming from the Senate. The person that this really punches in the face is Nikki Haley, who's putting together the presidential run, the former governor of South Carolina. Now you've got the senator from South Carolina. There's only so many dollars in South Carolina. So Tim Scott, I think, will get a very, very warm welcome if indeed this is true, as the Wall Street Journal puts it, if if he runs. I don't see why he wouldn't. Uh, I, I'll be very uh, interested to see the um, Trump supporters, what are they going to say about him? Because it would seem to me to be um, kind of, I can't imagine they go on the attack Is it possible they go on the attack? Are they that are they that dumb? I guess it's possible that they're that dumb. We'll see. This is different. The Tim Scott reaction uh will be different than the reaction or the response that someone like Vice President Kamala Harris gets. <laughs> Oh, you can just play that for days, can't you? Kamala Harris has been a disappointment as vice president. She has not grown any fans as vice president. She is uninteresting as vice president. This is undeniable. And when discussing this on ABC's This Week, The Sunday Show, George Stephanopoulos and Chris Christie discussing this Donna Brazile the longtime Democratic operative ran the DNC fed the uh, debate questions to Hillary Clinton that Donna Brazile she starts having a discussion about how valued Kamala Harris is and uh, she's much more popular than the poll numbers I'm so glad you brought up Kamala Harris because she is probably one of the most undefined human beings she's incredible she's standing in her own power she has been at every step helpful to this president and getting his agenda through the United States Congress. And so while her poll numbers may not reflect her true popularity, I can guarantee you Kamala Harris will not be replaced on the party's ticket. And I can also guarantee you if Joe Biden decides not to run, Kamala Harris will become the next nominee of the Democratic Party. Now, of course there's a conversation taking place. A, is Joe Biden going to run? And B, should Kamala Harris be on the ticket? There was a conversation about that from Trump regarding Mike Pence. Of course that's a conversation. 
Anybody who doesn't think that's a conversation doesn't know anything about politics. Of course, that's a conversation. That's a standard, kids. Everybody knows him. Has there been talk about removing Kamala Harris? Absolutely, positively, there has. No question. The issue is, well, the issue that gets created if you remove her. Right? It creates angst. It creates a story where maybe you don't want one. Biden could have picked Val Demings. Biden could have picked a whole host of people. He picked Kamala Harris. He picked poorly. She's terrible. She's unlikable. She's not bright. Not because I say so, but because her staff says so. She won't do the work. She won't do the work. But instead of addressing that, listen to Donna Brazile again. I'm so glad you brought up Kamala Harris because she is probably one of the most undefined human beings. She is incredible. She's standing in her own power. She has been. She's standing in her own power. What does that even mean? I'm, I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Standing in your own power. I, I, I'm looking that up. Uh, oh, Mindful Magazine. It's eight steps on how to stand in your power. Forbes, 10 steps to your own personal power. No, that's, that's, that's different. Um, what does it mean to stand in your power? Hold on a second. Uh, uh, tell, tell me what it means. Nope, it's it's not telling me. They want me to read. I'm not going to read that thing. I don't know what it means, but it's certainly if if, if the the biggest headline is from Huffington Post, I'm assuming it's pretty woke. I'm assuming it's pretty woke. Standing in your own power, me doesn't mean anything. Being good at the job means something. Being able and capable means something. And Kamala Harris is not able nor capable. She's not doing the job. She isn't prepared. So says her staff. She doesn't care to be. She engages constant word salads. And she hasn't been there with Joe Biden every step of the way. The first year was marred with stories about how she was kept in an arm's distance. And the second year was marred with stories about how Biden is disappointed with her work as vice president. So what the hell is Kamala Harris talking about? It's a non-argument. Just silly. At every step, helpful to this president and getting his agenda through the United States Congress. No. She's, she has not. If you're talking about some tie-breaking votes, sure. But she has not done any of the negotiating to get anything done. None. At least none that's been publicly reported. None. Control the House, control the Senate. Got it done. Not her. That's like saying that Pete Buttigieg has been instrumental in rebuilding the supply chain or getting the airlines to work properly. Same nonsense line. I would not have predicted Tim Scott is going to run. But you can convince me that's a good move for him. You can't convince me that Kamala Harris is somehow capable. 
But yet somehow people on the political right for noticing both things will be called racist for both things. Oh, you don't think Kamala Harris is is capable because you're a racist. Well, I think Tim Scott is capable. Well, yeah, he's just a token because you're a racist. You know I'm right. I know I'm right. And just like Pete Buttigieg's ridiculous commentary. Just throw that stuff away, guys. Don't let it affect you. Laugh at the people who say it. Call them the fools that they are. I wish Tim Scott all the best. And if Biden was serious, he really would replace Kamala Harris. It'll create a lot of angst. But it could help. Because Kamala doesn't give him anything. I'm Tony Katz. The weirdest one-two punch in the markets I've seen in a while. The Dow is up over 300. The NASDAQ is up over 170. You have uh, a consumer price uh, information coming out tomorrow. And here's the top headline. New inflation warning is coming from the supply chain. What? Warehouses, distribution centers pushing rates higher with storage prices up 1.4% month over month, 11% year over year. An inventory glut will impact consumer prices. Oh. Huh. What do you know? Uh, If you're already in the warehouse business, congratulations. If you're looking to get into the warehouse business, too late. That's, That's what it says to me. Warehousing capacity remains low or remain tight for the foreseeable future as U.S. industrial construction starts have fallen considerably year over year due to rising interest rates. So, again, it makes that space even more valuable because you can't afford to build new space because who the hell can actually afford the mortgage or uh, the construction loan? Got it. Understood. And I get what people like Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, say. How they're working aggressively and they see interest rates coming down by 2024 into 2024, they expect them to be at 2%. And while they say that, News Corp is eliminating 5% of the workforce. I'm talking about Fox News, News Corp. I look at these markets and I ask questions. And it seems to me that everything the market does is just such meaningless drivel. It it just seems to be so remarkably silly. What is happening on Midwest Main Street? It's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. Because everybody else is like, I don't know, living, living in a fantasy. That's what it looks like, that they're living in a fantasy. By the way, Meta, which is Facebook, having another uh, defection. The chief business officer, Marnie Levin, stepping down after 13 years. There comes a moment where you're like, you know what? I got my money. There's nothing else to happen here except go to jail one day. Get called in front of Congress. 
I think I'll go now. That sounds about right. The Chiefs beat the Eagles. JMV is here to, to discuss it. This is Tony Katz today. Was it actually a Super Bowl for the ages? I have absolutely no idea. I, I don't think I'm the person who can tell you that it was a Super Bowl for the ages. I think it was a Super Bowl that people enjoyed. I think I can go on that limb. For the lead. Butker up. Got it. And with that, the Kansas City Chiefs take the lead 38-35 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Eight seconds left to play. And that's how it would end the Chiefs winning the big game because I just don't know if you're allowed to say uh, Super Bowl uh, anymore. Tony Katz, good to be with you. JMV joins us from 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. He is the voice of sports in all of Indiana. Uh, this game, uh, while we both did, I believe, pick the Chiefs to win, this was a higher scoring game than I thought it would be. This game was a little more exciting than I thought it would be. What was your take? No, I thought uh, it was going to be along those lines as well. I think my final, if I remember correctly, Friday, Tony, with you was 31-28 Chiefs. So I thought the Colts were, or the Chiefs are going to win. And it was kind of interesting when you look back at that game last night and a lot of people were making light of, you know, the uh, the holding call and all that. I was okay with all of it, honestly. I really was. Philadelphia, Philadelphia was good, but Philadelphia gave up seven points. I mean, an absolute gift of seven points to the Kansas City Chiefs, up 10 at the half, and you've got to put away Kansas City. And honestly, Philly didn't put Kansas City away, let him hang around. And Mahomes, I don't know what he got, you know, Mr. Miyagi's hand clap in the locker room at the half to get that ankle to feel better. But whatever happened, Tony, they came out in the second half, and it was just Kansas City. That is a team. We know this. you got to put them away, and the Eagles didn't. And obviously, it cost him at the end. You take a look at Jalen Hurts' day, over 300 yards, uh, passing 70 yards rushing. He was the leading rusher uh, for the Eagles, which isn't necessarily surprising. But you'd actually want a better run game than that. A lot about the Eagles having the offensive line, like the preeminent offensive line uh, this year. But the run game didn't show that at all. No, no, and uh, listen, I, I, the RPO with Jalen Hurts and, and what they do, and we'll talk, I'm sure, about Shane Steichen, who runs that thing as the offensive coordinator there in a second, but, I, I mean, you, you got to take advantage of those moments because that gets your quarterback so beat up. We're seeing that now with Josh Allen, are we not, as well. He runs it so much, takes so many hits, and a lot of which are unnecessary, and Tony so's Jalen Hurts, and we've seen this with Andrew Luck with a different story, but we know how that story ends ultimately you just cannot have your quarterback taking that many hits now mind you the way that their offense played out the way that they looked it is absolutely perfect for Jalen Hurts but you're right you need you need to get a little bit more out of the backfield and here's the other thing we discovered you have to get yourself a playmaking wide receiver and just like throw it up there in double coverage and see if he comes down with it and he did once being A.J. Brown AJ last Brown, night yeah it was yeah, an absolute so nuts. But let me disagree with you on the quarterback thing. Okay. If you've got more and more players saying they're going to retire after six or seven years and it's too much of a risk, et cetera, why not have them running and throwing? It's not that you're going to keep them around for 12 years anyway. The days of Aaron Rodgers and and, uh, and uh, Tom Brady are over. 
Nah, you don't know that, though, Tony. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody knows that right now. And, and that does buy with what I was saying. I mean, that's why you got to take advantage of it last night. That's why that's a huge missed opportunity for Philly last night. There's no doubt you're right about how long the longevity or lack thereof a career is for an NFL player in general. But you got to take advantage of it last night. And I just think down the road you're going to look at teams going, all right, we're, going, we're letting our RPO guys, our run-pass option guys at quarterback, taking such a huge amount of hits. I mean, who knows? You talked about a, a lengthy career in general that maybe is going to be cut short because of that. That's something when you get there, you got to take advantage of it. And when you get further, Tony, down the road, I think you have to minimize some of these hits these guys are taking, which would point the finger at a running game, a more successful running game uh, with actually running backs further down the road. But, yeah, you're right about the uh, the shrinking of the career. But I thought last night that was something Philadelphia had a great opportunity to take advantage of, Tony, and they simply did not. Talking with JMV from 93.5107.5, the fan, the voice of sports in all of Indiana. Let's take it back to Patrick Mahomes, who only threw for 182 yards, and mainly because uh, defense did some of the scoring. You talk about those seven unacceptable points with with Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Eagles, just mishandling the ball. That's all it took. One one little blip. That That's all it took. Um, but Mahomes gets the ankle injury again, so you wonder exactly how ready he was to walking into this game or hobbling in uh, to this game. He does uh, grit it out, which talks a lot about him. The question's going to be uh, to what level of damage? Exactly what do we think is wrong with that ankle? And is there a look at what the future holds here with that ankle being an issue? No, you know what? I don't know exactly what was was wrong with it, but obviously it was hurt even further when he went into the half. He kind of looked like somebody riding behind a rototiller, so to speak, when he was running off the field at the half right there above the halftime show with Rihanna. I don't know if it's something that is going to be long-lasting. I haven't heard anything about that. Um, But I think they did enough, I guess. The training staff, mind you, did enough to get him ready uh, for that second half because – yeah, a lot of quarterbacks would have looked, Tony, under similar circumstances. I think we would agree much worse. Let's look back at Philadelphia now because their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, S-T-E-I-C-H-E-N, yep. is the person that the Colts seem to be looking at as their next head coach. And an announcement that could come today, Steichen as head coach. Um, talk to me about this guy. From what you saw in uh, the big game, uh, is he your guy? From what you've seen from the year, is Shane Steichen the guy, or is this just, again, more fantasy? Because we've tried an offensive coordinator from the Eagles before. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, when you think about it, from Ryan Grigson to Carson Wentz to Frank Reich, the whole Eagle thing had gone down spectacularly in the past connection with the Colts. But it does look like he's going to end up being it, and, uh, obviously, the offense. And the Eagles have a great offense, no question about it. We saw that on display last night. The problem is, when he comes here, he's not going to have a lot of those working pieces anywhere near for that offense. And we'll see if, you know, ultimately the quarterback that they choose in this draft coming up in the spring, maybe it's C.J. Stroud of, uh, out of Ohio State. We'll see if they get a chance maybe to move up Bryce Young, somebody like that. But it appears he is going to be the guy but being the guy as the OC in Philadelphia, Tony, we saw this. He had a number of athletes offensively around him that helped guide him to that. And that's not what he has presently here in Indy. So work in progress, absolutely. But he seems to be the guy, Tony. 
So there's it's not the enemy from from uh, Kansas City. Uh, it's not uh, Aaron. Oh, I forget his name from the from the Lions. Who yeah. man, Lions fans do not want to lose. What is the yeah. one characteristic this guy has, this Shane Steichen has, that the other guys didn't that makes Ballard and Ursay say, yep, he's our guy? Um, I don't know if this plays a role, Tony. I mean, this just could be an easy mark for me right now, but I'm assuming success in the moment is part of it. You know, And Chris Ballard is going to say, if it is ultimately him, you know, how he wowed them in these multi-interview settings, whatever, for 11 and 12 hours. But I'm assuming it is the success in the moment with Nick Sirianni as the head coach and a guy that's calling the plays for the Eagles, and we watched you know, exactly how much success they had this season. So, yeah, that's the easy answer is you know, how they look right now in the moment. The more difficult one is we just don't know yet how ultimately he performed in these multi-interview settings that we have heard about over the past month. My thanks to JMV. I always uh, appreciate it. Uh, Shane Steichen, I, I don't know. This the guy? Is everyone happy? Is everyone good? We we gonna get some uh, switcherooski kind of stuff going on? I have no clue, none. Nor do I understand what actually moves Ursay. Uh, you know, I don't know what moves Ballard either. I have absolutely no idea. I just think it interesting that you're going to take another offensive coordinator from Philadelphia. That, that, to me, is the very, very interesting part. In Philly, they actually met uh, last weekend. Ursay was there. Chris Ballard was there. What I, I think I'm more surprised by the fact that Chris Ballard has weathered the entirety of the storm... And Chris Ballard remains. Like, you got to wonder, even if this coach didn't work out, does Chris Ballard still remain? Ballard is somehow the worm tongue and is and is Ursay's guy. That, to me, is, is most amazing. That he has, he has been able to figure out how to, how to stick around. Blows my mind. By the way, Wormtongue, he's uh he's advising uh Theoden of Rohan. It's it's Lord of the Rings, people. Could you I don't know, watch a movie, read a book, something for me. Just help a brother out, would you please? That's all I can ask for. Help me help you. <laughs> uh but Ballard remains. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Ballard fan. Um, uh, Ballard's a guy. I, I don't know. I, I, there's so much to say about wokeness and football, and I'll get into I'll get into some 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 more of it. Um, Ballard is Ballard's like one of these woke guys. Ballard uh, during you know post George Floyd. Uh, I, I don't know why it's so hard for people to say Black Lives Matter. Well, because uh, you simpleton. And, and I, mean, I mean it in this case. You're not addressing whether or not we're talking about people's lives or we're talking about a political organization. Because you can't get me to behind, be behind the political organization, Black Lives Matter. No, I took a lot of heat for that. But I was right. 
Because I understood you're talking about a Marxist organization that believes in dividing people, and they don't deserve your money. It's a grift. I turned out to be right there as well. That's different than whether you're talking about a neighbor or a coworker, a friend, a loved one. That's a fundamentally different conversation. And conversations require us to be able to understand what the other person is saying. But if you won't say it, no, you got to do it blanket. I'm not doing it blanket. Uh, no, not at all. And then uh, Ballard talked about guns. Chris Ballard talking about guns, and he it was like he didn't understand what he was actually referring to. You know, talking about when when does this end? Oh, I've, I've got no issue with, with you discussing uh, shootings and and not wanting to to to, to see them. You know, yeah, you've got elected officials doing something about it. Uh, you know, they're only not doing anything about it. Uh, and they're only interested in their political game. Both sides, both sides are completely wrong. And he says, to me, it's a lot of common sense. And we lack it right now in this country. It's a shame. Highland Park, Uvalde, Greenwood, uh, Buffalo. When does it end? When does some common sense come into play? When does this end? It blows my mind that an 18-year-old kid can walk in and buy an AK-15 automatic weapon. It makes no sense to me. He literally said AK-15. Not AK-47, not AR-15. AK-15. I'm not anti-gun. I'm anti-military-style weapons. Well, then you'll be happy to know that an AR-15 is not a military-style weapon. You'll be happy to know that. But it's like he wanted to just jump in because he has to show himself in a certain way as opposed to taking time to gather data, understand the subject as a whole. And and that's exactly the the, the, the wokeness that I, I wholeheartedly object to. I object to it. I want no part of it. So no, I'm not a I'm not a Ballard fan. I don't I don't think he's a I I don't think he's a mind. Now, what does he know about football? Um I'm telling you, we all took a look at this last draft class. We were like, that's good. That's solid. That's what we said. I said it. I won't lie. I said I thought it was good. I don't question whether or not I have a better football mind than than, uh, than Chris Ballard. Although sometimes I wonder exactly what it takes to develop that mind. I'm like, oh, I'm a sharp cat. I think I can figure it out. I think I could figure it out. I think I could figure out the contracts. I think I could figure out how to, you know, uh, see things that maybe other people don't see. Uh, and, and that, by the way, is part of where some downfalls are. People who start be- believing that they see things the other person doesn't see as opposed to having systems that one adheres to and then tweaks to get better results. What is the team that I need to put on the field? What is it that my coach likes to do? What is it the key players that I have and how do I accentuate that? Is that a model for the next five years or do I need to redo that now to create a different model that allows us a a larger pool of people to choose from and then a better opportunity? I'm sorry, do I not have it right? Do I not have it right? Am Am I applying for the job? I'm just saying, I'm saying I could be ready for this. I, and also, I look really good in a private plane and, and suits because I would be a suit guy. You, you would see me in a suit. I don't think you'd ever see me um, except for maybe a rare visit uh, to, to uh, the, the practice facility or, or to the stadium in a, 
in like a like a hoodie, like in a you know a pullover. Although I do like quarter zips. I don't know suits or quarter zips. Can I, can I do that? Can I, quarter zips and the slacks, no jeans, no jeans, no jeans. Treat treat it right. Treat the place right. All right, maybe I do want to be the next uh, next GM for the Colts. This is my audition tape. How'd I do? How'd I do? Better than Jeff Saturday? Good to know. I'm Tony Katz. It seems that every day I can find a story about the Kardashians or or someone like that and look how they use Photoshop and look how they made a mistake. The latest one is uh, Kendall Jenner and it looks like um, she has uh, the hand of like a, a goat arm or maybe it's a dog or whatever it is. Like it's just... It, like everything is like super stretched out and as if Photoshop was used to make her look thinner. Normally, I think people look at this and says, it's the Kardashians. Who cares? The problem is that this is the stuff that y- your your kids are looking at and they think that this is normal. They think that this is the way they're supposed to look. Uh, there's no way for them to be attractive or to feel good about themselves if they don't look this way. And the only point to, to make here is that it would be it would be wrong to think that these outside things don't have an effect on your children. What you need to do is make sure your children know that they're responsible for them. If they're not happy with the way they look, here are some things they can do. But some things you gotta just be able to, to deal with because you just can't have plastic surgery like they do and look at how they Photoshop themselves. They're lying about what they look like to begin with. You never have to lie. You build your kids up from there. That's why I pay attention to these stories. This is Tony Katz today.